Wake up, Lincoln. I overslept. Damn rooster didn't crow. It's time for Early Break. Sponsored by Midwest Bank. Live from Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. I'm wrong, but I'm not. Husker Online, Steve Sipple. If I were a feral cat. And longtime college football assistant coach, Bill Bush. We get one team. Mine's the Houston Oilers. I'm, so, not, I'm not the Texans, and I'm not the Titans, so, so I'm out. This is Early Break. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorts, and Bill Bush on early break. Hour 2 sponsored by our friends at Midwest Bank. Member FDIC. Location the in Lincoln. Inventor, Steve Schindler. That's why we have bank protection now. 27th and Jamie Lane. New location coming to 70th and Pioneers by the start of 2024. Midwest Bank. Member FDIC. Our sponsor of Hour 2 on the program. Perfect. In, in the Schindler fellow, what do you make of him? <laughs> He's gotten a lot of things done. He has. Obviously, he's always protected the banking world. Okay. So, like, so you can when you put your money in, you know, you're you're insured basically. That's you're, right. Your money's safe. There's no bank collapses going on on, on Schindler's watch. <laughs> That's not right. on, not on his watch. No, no, not happening. No, not on his watch. Well, we'll get, Schaefer's here. We, we are we are proud that. to have our our Thursday guest from seven to eight. Uh, our Mike Schaefer, twenty four seven sports. This hour sponsored by Bershin Beer Garden in Omaha. Can I Beer engage Garden. Schaefer in some football talk? Please get do. into it. I yes. thought Bill had something he wanted to say. Well, just one quick one thing, because John had called back in, and, and it was so incredible. Cause I, I can see it on on people's heads right now. The red velvet cowboy hat. Oh God! Yes. The, and they were red. They were red yes. with white ends on it. And they were like they were they were, cloth. They were cloth. They were a cloth. Questionable whether they were velvet. They were. Cloth. They might have been velvet though. Uh, they're more of a no, no felt. Felt. It was a felt, not velvet. There was some felt. sort of cloth. It was a cloth cow- right. red was, cowboy hat. Yeah, oh yeah, and they were worn by the thousands of yeah. people wearing the wore red Usually cowboy hats. Dudes, dudes, yeah. yeah. What are you gonna get? Describe the red cowboy. It's game day. Get the red cowboy yeah. hat out. Yeah, get it. I haven't seen good. one forever. What, what era are we talking here? The this golden era. Golden era. Seventies <laughs> and eighties. Oh yeah, the best yeah. era. The, yeah. the golden era is yeah. not necessarily the same to me yeah. as it is you. I did, yeah, I is. did yeah, laugh at your finger guns yeah, umpire yesterday. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I'll have to show Bill that later. Yeah. Uh the yeah. golden era. Yes, the golden era. And, and I don't know by the thousands. I thought they were I, when I would see one, I'm like, oh, that's sweet because I don't see a lot yeah. of them. They were, they were. If you had one, if you had one in a small town, you were like, you were a dude. <sighs> you know, you know him. He's got the red cowboy regal. Hat. Yeah, and it's on. Yes. One hundred. Yeah. So thank you for that, there John. Is. There thank it you is. For that. Did yeah. they say one hundred yeah. in the golden era, or is that post golden yeah. era? <laughs> My favorite is the it's one. Legit we're going to give 110%. That's impossible. It's not possible. It's impossible. You can't it's do that. Possible. It's impossible. If you're going to give 110, why not 115? Yeah, exactly. So just when we said we're going 110%, that's dumb. It's dumb. You can't do that. All right, Shafe. What'd you, what'd you like, have for Shafe? There's just some things I want to drill down on. When you when you heard Matt Rule say – when you've heard Matt Rule talk about Chubba Purdy of late, are you now under the assumption that Chubba Purdy is the number two quarterback? Uh, it feels like it's set up that way a little bit, uh, which is uh, kind of a surprise to me because I thought Heinrich Harburg's spring seemed to put him in position that he would be the number two quarterback. But obviously, you know, that battle continued. And they've they've stopped well short of actually saying someone's the number two quarterback. Um, you know, I think it was Marcus Satterfield uh, had a quote on that the other day. But um, it does seem like if something were to happen to Jeff Sims that Chubba Purdy would be the first guy up. 
Well, let's just stay on offense. These are the things I think about, and maybe this is what I should be writing about. When you think of last year, there was a very explosive player in Trey Palmer. I'm staying on offense. Very explosive. Who are the explosive offensive weapons this year? I think that's one of the big questions. I don't know that uh, you, I don't feel like there's another receiver like Trey Palmer in that room. I think Billy Kemp can be productive, but right. I don't look at him as a home run hitter. Uh, in Should. the same way that Trey Palmer was. It sort of, to me, feels like Anthony Grant is the closest that they have to that. Hmm. Uh, and you saw it at times last year. He had that carry against Northwestern. Uh, I want to say that was second half in the first game. Mm -hmm. The 40-yard touchdown. I mean, you saw good bursts from him at, at other times. I I just don't know that there's a, a lot of guys on offense where you're like, oh, he has a – the capability every time he touches a ball, it could be a highlight reel play or it could be a, you know, a touchdown or a big chunk play. I, I don't know. It doesn't mean that they don't have those guys. I just can't easily identify no, who they are. Is that is that guy Sims? Well, I think Sims gonna you know, Nebraska keeps falling in this pattern. Where I know. Their quarterback kinda has to be the entire engine of the offense and it feels like we're in that again. Jake and the, is a the concern is that when that seems to be the case, you also ask them to do it with their legs, which also makes them more susceptible to getting hurt, which then means we are having the actual conversation about Chubba Purdy or Heinrich Harburg because, you know, the uh, the likelihood of Jeff Sims playing all 12 games is not – or starting all 12 games isn't that high. Oh. I mean, we haven't seen it around here since 2017 to have the same starting quarterback for every game. That was um, Tanner Lee. Tanner Lee. That went well. Holy and that, God. That, that face well. explains whether all 12 of those games matter or not. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a scenario where Chubba Purdy matters, but it's also like you can't afford to not have Jeff Sims if you don't have a lot of these other pieces. Now, people could emerge, certainly, this season, and and I think that'll probably happen, but I, we just don't know who. You mentioned point. Trey Palmer, a uh, guy not easy to replace. He's tearing it up right now with the Bucks so far in, in training camp. He's he, got to make that yesterday, team. Yesterday, yeah, okay, touchdown in the preseason game. Not just game. that he's going to make second. the team. So he might be one of their starters. He's going to be probably the number three receiver. Yeah. Is that uh, right? Godwin, Evans, and then probably him. Yeah, yeah Evans, so Godwin. So yesterday, wow. yesterday they were playing the you know, Jets in a, you know, just a practice, and he caught a 60-yard touchdown pass uh, over Sauce Gardner, who's one of the better young cornerbacks in the league. So... Using that blazing speed. How about Trey the Palmer? Other, the other part that adds in very important to that is that Russell Gage got hurt. He yep. did. You're right. Yep. Gage oh, got, so hurt. got hurt. He got Gage hurt. would have been the third probably with somewhere with Palmer yep. playing and, mm -hmm. and that like that. So that also changes everything. Yeah, Former Russell, LSU receiver yeah, he's Russell out, Gage. He's out for the year. I think it's ACL, I believe it was. But they keep a, uh, calling him their new Deshaun Jackson at a Bucks mm -hmm. camp. So oh, that's, that's a, a pretty nice thing. Yeah, and about. I think that's the sort of player, you know, he may not have like six catches in a game, but if he gets two and – one of them's for 45 yards down the sidelines. Like, that's the kind of player I think. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. The questions were, it, was he physical enough? Mm -hmm. We knew he was fast enough. I wondered about his hands a little, little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Interest, that's fascinating to me. It's not easy to crack, a, yeah. a crack an NFL team at receiver. Six-round draft pick, probably right on pace to be the number three receiver. Behind two very good receivers, by the way, in Tampa. Godwin and Evans are, are very good receivers, so that's – that's an impressive. Speaking place to of be. that, Schaefer. Now here's another one for you. When you think of those, they might need a freshman receiver or two. Who are they? I yeah. got my two. Um, <laughs> Jaden Doss is the one that comes to mind probably first. Nice job. Um, Nailed it. I think that's a guy that he could probably help you in a variety of ways on offense too. 
And then after that, I think it gets really kind of interesting because I think people would expect because he's the highest rated that it should be Malachi Coleman. Close. But I don't I don't know that it necessarily is. And Rule himself mentioned Jalen Lloyd uh, the other day, and that was probably the first time we've really heard his name uh, pop up as well. But I, I think if I had to pick a second guy, I would just go off of what the head coach said at this point and go with Jalen Lloyd. But I, you know, I think they're – there's a chance down the line, guys like Malachi Coleman, uh, Demetrius Bell, others can can help out. Uh, but I just, it's really tough to expect these wide receivers to show up in the summer and then immediately it's be really a part tough. of your offense uh, right away. And so that's why guys like Alex Bullock and Ty Hahn are going to be ahead Huge. of them. Huge. Because they know the offense. Right. I mean, it gets into the whole conversation that used to happen with Xavier Betts and why he would come off the field when you were in uh, hurry-up offense. You, doesn't know the the place you can't you can't run that playbook you've seen it too materialize in front of your eyes when a player obviously doesn't know the play right we've seen it where a ball is you're like what what was that where was that going well the receiver ran around route right route we've seen it a few times Mm -hmm. and so i i think you know satterfield said a couple weeks ago when i asked him about how quickly he thought freshmen could be ready in this offense and he seemed to basically say you know if we can have some guys ready to go in September, we're going to be pretty happy about that. And the rest, hopefully sprinkle them in throughout the year. And so, I mean, this was before all the Xavier Betts news had come out, but I, I think that's still going to be part of it. And if there's a way that you can split some of those up and utilize the four game rule uh, and get some guys in later in the year to, for an opportunity of experience, I mean, that could be helpful too. The reason I ask about explosion is because I don't know. I just don't know if this line is going to be able to consistently line up and grind out drives where you're going to need some plays of 30 yards plus to move into scoring position. Yeah. I don't that that's what I wonder about. It feels they feel like they could be a real Big Ten West football team this this fall. If you're you know, the games could be in the teens a lot, low 20s. Is that Big Uh, Ten West football to you, Bill? Could be, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of special yeah. teams, field position. Yeah. Iowa does it. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Iowa does it. Every Minnesota year. does it. Wisconsin used to do it. We'll see what Wisconsin two point looks like. See, Bill, you think Wisconsin? I get a lot of questions about Wisconsin, Bill, and I, I get it all the time from people. I got it last night in Grand Island. Uh, so, Sip, they're going to start airing it out at Wisconsin. They're going to start. There, there will be more throws and different type of throws. That, but the big thing is they're still going to run it. I said that the, that that's why. There was no transferring of the two really good running backs from Wisconsin. Did get in the portal and say, "I'm going to go someplace where I'm going to get the ball," because they have film of them of Longo doing it in North Carolina. They had they had two guys over a thousand yards in one year, so Michael, they're going to run the yeah. football. What were those guys? Michael names? Carter and Javante Williams, both NFL running yeah. backs. Javante with the uh, Broncos, Carter with the Jets. Yeah. yeah, so so they they have it. it it's on film that they will run the football. Will they throw it more. Sure, they will. But it's kind of the same situation. It's it's one of the old school ways of hey, what's the box say? Run it. it says throw it here and this type of thing. So, um, and then they have an experienced quarterback, and so why would you not throw it with him? Because he's done it at SMU at a high level. Mordecai, Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai, yep. Tanner Mordecai. Yep. I'm curious, Schaefer. Uh, so we are right now two weeks away from game one. It is going to be two weeks from now. Well, Nebraska plays in Minneapolis. Finally. I guess if, if it's changes – so go back to the start of fall camp to now. Has your optimism level for Nebraska's chance to win that game changed for hmm. better, for worse, or at all? It uh, hasn't changed. Can't begin. I mean, it's it's still pretty much where it was before, which is I think Nebraska 
and Minnesota are likely to play a one-score game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be high-scoring. I didn't coming into it. Uh, I think it'll be pretty ugly football because these are teams that are going to be trying to figure out who they are, what they have on offense. Um, and I, I think the defense will kind of lead for both teams in this first game. So, I, I mean, I don't – it hasn't – my optimism of Nebraska, you know, covering, if you will, that first game, the eight points or whatever it has been, is still the same. Um, I think they have a chance of winning that game, too. So, it, it nothing has really changed for me. I, I feel like the Xavier Betts news took the wind out of a lot of sails over the, uh, over the weekend, and you, you got some more kind of pessimistic fans emerging from that. And I guess... I didn't ever view him as like this primary cog to making the offense go. So it wasn't for me, it doesn't really change much of anything. I mean, you still have the same questions about, uh, you know, where the big plays are going to come from and yeah, who's he's explosive. And, that's, yeah. that's where yeah. I, that was my, my thought when it, when it all went down is okay. They lost an explosive player and they don't have a lot of them. Right. And I, that's, you know, that's fair, but I guess without, being over there and at all of these practices, it's hard to know like where he was going to end up in the depth chart or what they were, how they were going to use him. I mean, we think of him as a gadget player, but I don't know how they would have used him. Uh, you know, like think of your five favorite Xavier Betts plays. Almost none of them involved running a normal route. They were all sure. coming off of, you know, some sort of misdirection or end around or mm -hmm. something like that. I mean, so it's the end around. You I know, love the end around. The end around. <laughs> Can't we call end around? I like it. <laughs> now, I've got a question. Why? Why? Not technical term. Why does? No, sorry. Why do you think Minnesota doesn't know who it is offensively? Don't they know? Well, they. I mean, it's it's Ethan Calicamanis is their quarterback, but they good, don't. Good pronunciation. That was great. That was amazing. Well, um, Cal I don't know. I can't tell. No, you, no, you, no, you got it right. Got it. Okay. Right. You nailed All right. it. Um, so they. They have to replace their running backs. They're replacing their offensive line. I mean, I think they it. like their wide receivers that they have, but they always kind of like their wide receivers. It's just a matter of are they getting Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman production, or Probably not? Yeah. So you know, I, I, they haven't. They know what they're going to be, but that doesn't mean that they're going to come out and play particularly well. I mean, one of the things about Minnesota under PJ Fleck, even in their best years, they're a pretty slow starting team. They, it takes them a little while to, to get everything moving in their, in that direction. And it would not surprise me, you know, if they're slow starting again. I mean, the year they went 9-0 and to start, they almost lost to South Dakota State and Fresno State true. in the same true. month, yeah. you know. And then they beat Penn State in that magical right. game in November. Like, they built as a team through the season. So they're a team where I think Nebraska's better off getting them now than if they would have played them in, in October where they have a better understanding of what they're doing. 100. Uh, regarding a game coming up in late September, um, uh, it was announced uh, two days ago that Nebraska will play Michigan at 11 a.m. Uh, Love the 11 a.m. Big noon kickoff. So I'm curious. I'm going to assume that's going to be a big recruiting weekend for Nebraska. Right? I don't know. I mean, it's – Bill can speak to this. I mean, it's always difficult to plan on, you know, getting kids from further away. Now, it could be – you could bring in some kids from Kansas City or, or Colorado or, you know, the driving trips. But, it, you know, a guy has a high school football game at 7 o'clock and he plays until 10 o'clock and the game is at 11 the next morning. Oh, boy. And they're coming yeah. from Colorado. Like, that's not an easy, you know. So we're talking about guys coming from Iowa, South Dakota, Kansas, Missouri. Yes, but 
the the Texas pipeline, all of that. Like I, I think you're more likely to see that first Matt Rule home game, the Northern Illinois. I think yes, they play correct. the sixteenth. That's right. At six, I still don't know the schedule. I can't tell you between Colorado okay. and Michigan in what order. That's okay. With any certainty. NIU, Louisiana Tech, yeah. Michigan. I, I mean, I should know this, right? But I can't. I don't know. You're not required to memorize the schedule. <laughs> but I would think that game being a night game, you're going to see some more people. Um, you know, that Brandon Baker is, is looking at that as an official visit and, and everything else. So um, I just have a tough time seeing the Michigan one with an 11 a.m. kick that you're going to have that many 2025. So, is that a lost opportunity then for Nebraska? What, what no. could be a big game to be 7 p.m. versus 11 a.m. with recruiting? I don't. Weekend. This probably goes against uh, the way people think that it should be, but I don't I don't look at Nebraska's schedule anymore, circle the games, and then write, this is going to be the big recruiting weekend. Because in my experience of covering this, they've had big recruiting weekends where they played Rutgers or Purdue, or it just, you know, it's how it lines up schedule-wise for, for some of these people to be able to come in uh, for visits. And, you know, the the big thing, and there's been times where Iowa's been the, the big one because it's it works on Black Friday and you're able to get families to come out for that and they kind of build the weekend around it and there's a little less loss of school time and everything else. So I, I have definitely fallen out of the pattern of, oh, this is a big home game. They're going to have all their recruits coming in for that. I just don't – I don't think it's, you know, really since Ohio State put it on Nebraska in uh, both 2019 and 2017 – I mean, that was – they had a fair amount of recruits in for that, but there's just not – you know, the big recruiting weekend doesn't really exist in the same way because the cycle's different too. Bill, is an 11 a.m. game, does it screw up a, the situation? Does it – does the Michigan kickoff mess Absolutely. with – Absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. has I don't to. I don't think screwed up, but yeah, it makes it almost non-functional. Is that, Even for somebody to be here for an unofficial – like I said, if they're Boy. getting they're getting home and into bed at twelve thirty one o'clock at night, and then have to leave Kansas City, you know, at, yeah. at, at seven thirty in the morning to get it for just for the unofficial, just to make it just for kickoff. And most of those guys make it just for kickoff. Okay. They're not there for for the hey, at ten o'clock. Everyone's going to be down in the, in right. the Hawks okay. or whatever. It makes it very very difficult. Yeah, yeah. If you have any questions, question. just, Mike, just, win, just win games and, and recruiting goes better. That, that helps out that's, a lot. That's the thing. That helps, that, that helps a lot. If you have any questions for Mike Schaefer, please call or text us 402-464-5685. When we come back, uh, Bill's Thrills, cool parenting tips today. Excellent. That's up next on Early Break on the Ticket.